Hello, this is Dr. Leaves, and welcome to the Psilocybin Podcast. Uh, I have been wanting to make this podcast for a long time because there have been so many good things being said about the use of psilocybin in the treatment of mental health conditions, specifically depression. There was an excellent episode recently on the Huberman Lab podcast about the potential for psilocybin as an alternative to traditional antidepressants, such as the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and others. And it's very interesting how uh, when it's used the proper way in a clinical setting and they follow specific clinical protocols, how powerful this medication can be. And psilocybin is not at this time an FDA-approved medication. It's not a legal medication in the United States. Uh, It is permitted to be used in specific situations for research. There's regions where it's been decriminalized, so people are able to use it without fear of, um, you know, being arrested uh, or charged with a crime. And uh, it's definitely making headway. It does seem, you know, by the uh, environment, by the landscape, in uh, the corporate world, uh, there's many corporations being started, you know, startups, and you know, some of them have been around for a while, whose plans are to produce uh, synthetic psilocybin uh, in various forms and a- as an FDA-approved medication. So they they must be confident for some reason. They're able to raise money and convince investors that that there is a uh, a strong possibility that the the DEA will allow. Uh, psilocybin to be lowered from a schedule one drug schedule one being drugs that are completely illegal and are considered to have no medical use and uh, many of the psychedelic drugs are in that category Um, and I guess there is some hope that psilocybin can be changed from a schedule one to maybe a schedule two or three schedule two being where the uh, most of the powerful opioids are scheduled to the prescription opioids that are used in pain management, um, drugs for uh, uh, attention deficit disorder or ADHD, uh, such as Adderall uh, and other amphetamine-like drugs are also scheduled to. Uh, schedule three would be like some of the less powerful, less habit-forming or addicting pain medications, such as uh, Tylenol with codeine and you know, there's reasons for why, you know, the, the, many of the opioids are, are related and connected. And, you know, some are um, derived from the uh, poppy or from opium, and some are, are semi-synthetic or synthetic. That's a whole other discussion. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's hard to say, really, when you look at the different drugs and the, the schedules, you know, what what does a DEA consider to be dangerous and have no medical use to be in Schedule 1? Well, cannabis marijuana is schedule one uh and you know but what is schedule two you know uh cocaine is schedule two how can cocaine be schedule two uh well it has medical use it's used as a uh, topical anesthetic uh in some situations you know in um or i guess you know it's used in i guess by ear nose and throat specialist otolaryngologists use cocaine for you know specific medical treatments so uh, heroin is Schedule 1. Um, fentanyl is Schedule 2 because it's used all the time in surgery. 
every day, uh, almost every medical, every uh, person that goes under general anesthesia gets, uh, a lot of them get fentanyl as part of the uh, combination of, you know, part of uh, general anesthesia is pain management during a surgery. Uh, so anyway, so uh, it's hard to say how does a drug get in one of the higher schedules or lower schedules. It's not necessarily related to the addictive potential, uh, more related to, um, you know, something being, you know, having abuse potential, you know, more like, uh, you know, what what would a drug dealer uh, be more motivated to sell at a higher price? And I think street values of drugs have a big part to play and how they determine what schedule something falls into. Um, but the psychedelics kind of don't make sense to be schedule one. Uh, they they were completely legal at, at a point in time, like in the 50s and part of the 60s at least. And at some point, you know, the, the uh, they kind of became very widely used in the 60s. You know, people were motivated to, to use them uh, on their own, uh, you know, without guidance, which is really the, that was really a disaster. You know, having people using things like LSD and psilocybin, and others just kind of recklessly uh, on their own. And, you know, and there was a few incidents, and for whatever reasons, um, they determined that these drugs should not be freely available. And it makes sense. You shouldn't, you really shouldn't be able to walk into a, a, a dingy gas station on the side of the highway and, and, and buy um, a, a bag of magic mushrooms or, uh, you know, LSD in some form or another. So, uh, you know, these are drugs that have... Um, clinical use, but they have to be used in a very specific way. You know, for example, Dr. Huberman described psilocybin as being used um, in such a way where the person should be uh, either blindfolded or in a dark room. You know, they they shouldn't be getting any visual stimulation during the therapy. And that apparently made a big difference. And, you know, of course, someone using it on their own recreationally, they're going to want to run around and look at everything and see all the pretty colors and hallucinations and whatever um but apparently you know the visual stimulation is not uh a good idea you know if you're trying to treat depression it does you don't get the most benefit out of it and he discussed a wide variety of other things if nothing else it it really needs to be used under supervision so a person doesn't hurt themselves you know you shouldn't take a bunch of psilocybin and get in a car and drive obviously and and I would say the vast majority of people, near 100%, would know better. But, you know, that one or two people that, you know, the person that gets on a plane after consuming a lot of psilocybin and, you know, freaking out and thinking they're sitting next to a um, a unicorn person or whatever, uh, you know, someone who's blinking sideways that they're one of the alien lizard people. Um, you know, there's some, some weird things that can happen and they get uh, sensationalized in the media. And next thing you know, there's a crackdown on... on uh, psychedelics again, and you know maybe even the name psychedelics isn't the best name because it does sound like something uh, you know kind of like a an old time hippie recreational type drug, and uh, you know it's like calling LSD acid. Uh, you know you think of like burning acid and acid that would eat away at your brain or something, um, and you know there's a lot of drugs are acids or bases or salts. Uh, you know that just because the the chemical name has the word acid in it doesn't mean that it's not it's a an acid that's gonna eat away your your brain or your body or you know it doesn't mean that it's dangerous because of that um you know psilocybin you know is is a maybe a hard name to spell 
and, and pronounced for some people, but you know, at least that is a, uh, you know, so people are more likely to call it uh, mushrooms or shrooms because it's most commonly found in a variety of uh, mushrooms. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we were looking forward to discussing further all the potential and the possibilities of psilocybin in the world of clinical medicine, treating things like depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, um, you know, all kinds of things, hopefully, will we'll respond very well to psilocybin, uh, even addiction and chronic pain. Uh, so please contact me and let me know like what you're interested in as far as topics for for the show going forward. Um, and, you know, if you have a, a guest in mind, someone that you think that we should be interviewing, uh, I'd be happy to reach out. And if, if you're a, an expert in the field of uh, psilocybin and psychedelic-assisted therapy, I'd love to talk to you about doing an interview. Uh, and thank you for joining me, and um, let's look forward to a great future for this podcast, the Psilocybin Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>